if you see a famous person on anything, you <laughs> should buy it because you might die tomorrow. Okay? Oh, it's true. It's true. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. try to make cancer for breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. It's new episode time. It sure is. How are you, Steph? I am good. How are you? I'm great. I mean, I feel I feel like I'm, you know, it's early fall. My most favorite time of year. Virgo season? Virgo season, yes. I never actually knew it was Virgo season. I used to just call it fall preview, you know, just like when that slight change of the season starts to happen and there's that excitement in the air, you know? Yeah. But I would always call it fall preview and it's just like, it's honestly the time I feel the most alive. But you're right. It's because it's fucking Virgo season. It is our time to shine. You and me. Yes. Um, it is. Yeah. So happy, you? happy Virgo season. I am fine. Mm-hmm. I um, am very excited to have all three of my children in school for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that was not a popular decision with some of my Facebook friends. You I mean all these... sending them to school or? Yeah, because of COVID. Like, I can't be careful enough, you know, on my own. Like, People obviously don't know me and don't know how neurotic I am all all on my own. They had to send me articles. I mean, yeah, you were a psycho. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Wait, so you posted that you're sending your kids to school and then everyone was like up in arms. Like, how could you dare do this? You terrible mother. Yeah, people were like, I don't know if you've heard about this thing called the pandemic. So Delta's not just an airplane, Steph. (laughs) You would think I was like just letting them hitchhike to another state or something. People were sending me articles about how masks are ineffective on kids. I was just like, come the hell on, you guys. My kids have been... In the house, basically. I mean, not really. Mm-hmm. They play with, they, we have a bubble with our neighbors, which has been wonderful. <laughs> I just pictured them playing inside of a bubble when you said it that way. <laughs> we have those giant inflatable bubbles. I mean, I'm clearly safe about COVID. <laughs> My children have been playing in a bubble. <laughs> I wish. That's a good grandparent gift idea. <laughs> Put that one on the Amazon list. Oh, God. Um, but no, like they've been through a fucking pandemic. They've been out of school. We homeschooled them mm-hmm. last year. Their mom got diagnosed yeah. with cancer. Give these children a motherfucking break. Yeah. Let them go to school without sending me articles. It is hard because I get when I say I get both sides, I'm not being I'm going to play devil's advocate for your friends or anything like no, they should know that you've obviously researched it and stay the fuck out of it. They should know that there are two sides that 
are both hard. Like there's no good answer. There's not. So you kind of have to research it and see what you're comfortable with. And yes, there are so many risks with sending your kids to fucking school as there are to having them be even in a safe pod. Yeah. You know, absolutely. It's a shitty time. and We're all trying as hard as we can. And I completely understand people that want to keep their kids at home. And if you can do that and you feel safer doing that, good for you. But I also absolutely think people need to not make people feel like shit about it. I would definitely be keeping them home if we didn't live in a state where masks were mandated. Right. And also our teachers and staff must be vaccinated. So, yeah, you know, like I feel like we've got the best case scenario in a global pandemic. Totally. Yeah. That's how I felt. My daughter went to preschool for the first time. Yes. She's three. She was supposed to go last year and I kept her home as well. But like she is so hungry for socialization and yeah. I just feel like kind of because that I live you know in Portland our vaccine numbers are super high and I know a lot of the other parents at this preschool like I feel like it's relatively safe they wear masks but still at the same time I'm like yeah man my friend pulled her kid out of that preschool and I'm like I get it yeah like do whatever but also don't tell people yeah I mean unless you see somebody doing something that's actually dangerous. Uh, maybe yeah. just assume they know and they've made an educated decision. I mean, if you suddenly were like, you know what? Cancer's really changed me and I just really feel like you're going to die somehow and everything happens for a reason. So I'm just sending my kids to school maskless <laughs> and I don't believe in vaccines anymore. Then like I would send you an article. Please do. If you hear those kinds of things coming out of my mouth, please, please intervene. I will, but I think I trust you. Thank you. I trust you also. And I'm glad to have the time to myself. Oh my God. It's been 12 years. So crazy. 12 years. That's insane. Yeah. It's only been three years for me, Ooh. but it feels like 12 years. <laughs> um, What's up with you? Oh gosh. Um, Let's see. I saw my oncologist this last week and I actually asked her about switching my hormone therapy medication to Lupron, which is what you take mm -hmm. from Zoltex, which is a huge ass shot that you get in your abdomen. Lupron, you got to get in your booty, right? Yeah. And it's a small needle. It's, it is a small ass needle in your small ass ass. <laughs> and the reason I asked her is because somebody in our Facebook group posted about how elated they were to have switched from Zoltex to Lupron and how much easier it was. And I was like going to my appointment the next day and I was like, I'm going to ask, you know? Yeah. And so I did. And my oncologist was like, sure, we could do that if you'd like, you know? And then somebody else in the Facebook group was like, well, I'm going to do it too. And then so we were all joking about, <laughs> like, it was like fun to switch our drugs to the same drugs, you know? And like, yeah, get on the cool team. I was the pusher also because I take Lupron and I was like, come on over to the, yeah, there were a few pushers. Yeah. Yeah. Lowry too was like, do it. Yeah. I mean, it's way easier. I get insurance bullshit and all that, but if you can switch over to a medication that's not a giant needle in your fucking abdomen, mm -hmm. then I say ask after that. Yeah. So um, I'm going tomorrow. They couldn't do it yesterday and I have to go back tomorrow. So there you have it. But that's exciting. And then, 
you know, I just always have these things. I have like a whole list. I almost posted my list of questions or things <laughs> I wanted to bring up with my oncologist, but I got too embarrassed. But I was like, I know other people listening do this shit too. I have a whole notes in my mm-hmm. iPhone. Yep. You know, people want somebody to like, if I die, erase the porn from my computer or something. <laughs> I just want somebody to erase all the notes from my iPhone notes of me being like, <laughs> The things I'm worried about or think that I have to tell her (laughs) anyway. But yeah, so I brought her my list. It was good, though, because I have this terrible arm pain. See this? Yeah, you're wearing a wristy. I'm wearing a wrist brace. And of course, it's just been kind of chronic and I've been sure that it's cancer. And then I've mentioned it to multiple doctors. I have 50. I'm not sure about you. (laughs) Um, and all of them have said it's, you know, not cancer, but then seeing my actual oncologist and talking to her about it. And she was just like, oh no, no, no. Like breast cancer does not go to your wrist. No. And then she's like the way you're holding your arm and explaining to me how, what it feels like looks exactly like somebody with lymphedema holding their arm. It's just lower. Like normally it would be higher. So I'm going to go see if that's what's going on, but I'm whatever. Or carpal tunnel, too, it could be. Well, I think it's some weird combination of like a weird wrist injury. And then it's also like up here. Who cares? I always just feel like such an old woman when I talk about these things. <laughs> yeah. But it is so funny to be like, yes, lymphedema. She thinks I have lymphedema, you know, or it's just like, what the fuck? It's better than cancer. It is. It is. And then I asked her about doing fucking... Zometa, mm-hmm. which it's the same sort of thing. When my friends do drugs, I want to do drugs. <laughs> That's right. It's most frequently given to, I know, I'm sure other cancer patients too. I have no idea, but definitely breast cancer patients who are metastatic. And then also to people that are on like the hormone therapy for if they're losing some bone um, density. Density. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> bone delicacy. And I was like, that is not right. Zomita is a bone delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> but I have friends who have neither of those things, who are high risk breast cancer patients who are out of treatment, who are doing this. And I asked her, I was like, can I do it too? Because the chance of um, bone metastases is lessened with somata strengthens your bones you can like get these infusions for a few years very spread out and i was surprised because she's like we can totally do that with you you meet the requirements it's just like the studies aren't that conclusive with the actual benefit yeah um so she was kind of like not super into just telling me to do it but she was also like if you want to research it more and think about it so i'm thinking about it we can be twinsies when I start mine. I just have to get my dental work finished. That's what she was saying. That job brought job broke not and crosses. How do you say that? Job job broke Jawbone necrosis. Yeah. See, there you go. The rotting rotting jaw. Yeah. That Snoop Dogg rose is going to your head. But all my friends are doing it, so I want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I just want to live. I just want to do as many things. I don't care. I'll do whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have some letters to read? No, no. 
Because there's something else. Weren't you going to talk about a little something else? Oh, yes. I was going to talk about something else. It is uh, my cancerversary. Not today, but September 1st mm-hmm. was my cancerversary. I can't believe I didn't text you. I knew it was September 1st. And I knew it was coming up, and then it was my kid's first day of preschool, and I didn't I mean, even mention I, it to you. I'm a biggest dick. I am holding it against you, but... What the fuck? We'll work through it. I mean, that's fine. That's, no! I was even going <laughs> to s- send you something. No, it's it's okay. You know what? You still have another opportunity to text me on the diagnosis date of my metastatic breast cancer, which is September 20th. No, no. I mean, I still will, but I'm I'm still going to hold this against me. This is such bullshit. <laughs> I do believe that we texted multiple times that day. And I didn't say a thing. It's all right. Did you feel crazy that day? Um, You know what? It was my kid's first day of school also. Um, And so I talked to my therapist about it and she was like, I feel like you can just say whatever day you want is your cancerversary. And like, oh, yeah, whatever day that you have time to process it is the day that you take to process it. And so I have not scheduled that day for myself yet. Yeah, it is fucking crazy. One year. It is. There's a gal that follows us that like I'm friends with on social media who's so cool. And she threw herself a big ass party and it was so awesome looking. Really? And my hat is off to people who go into their cancerversaries with that mindset because that just seems like such a joyful way to approach it. Like yeah. you've been alive for a whole year. Totally. Um, <laughs> I am not that kind of optimistic person. I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I will be in the future, but this one year one is really hitting me in a weird way. So I don't know. I mean, I'm still here. What do you mean? That last thing you just said well, that I'm still here. I'm physically not dead yet. I mean, I I do know that, but right before <laughs> that, about how you're not an optimistic person and you don't. Oh, you know, I I feel like there are so many people who really um lean into the positive aspects of their cancerversary. Mm-hmm. You know, like the gal who had the big party and yeah, um, who are celebrating another year of like beating cancer or whatever. You know, like being alive. And for me, it's really a lot easier for me to see it as like one year closer to that end point mm-hmm. even though there's no such thing as an end point right it's like all i think of when i th- think of my cancerversary now is the average you know lifespan after diagnosis mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a, a countdown clock in my mind to that yeah but I know that that's not real. I know that it's just my fucked up cancer brain telling me, hopefully not actual cancer brain, because I did have a headache <sighs> for like a week. And oh, I was yeah. obsessing over it, as you know. We can talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, um, I had a headache for a whole week and my oncologist was like, um, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, Drink more water. I feel like the one year thing... It makes so much sense to me. Some people don't want to acknowledge it. Some people go overboard with it and find it to be so joyful. I mean, it's never fully joyful. Yeah. Okay. Like there's still retrospective, weird, deep emotions tangled in it with anybody. But I do think some people, like you were saying, are way more like, oh, my God, oh, my God, here I am, you know? Yeah. Looks like we made it. (laughs) (laughs) But 
look back on an entire year and how fucking well you're doing. Like, this is not what you thought this was going to be like. No. You are doing so well. Like, you're practically NED. Not quite technically, but yeah. your scans have been dynamite. For all we know, maybe you will be NED at this next scan. And who long, knows how long that will hold. And also... As we always say to everybody, and you must believe it too, because we're not fucking liars. <laughs> these stats are from so long ago. Yeah. Once they come out with the next chunk of stats, it's going to be like so much more realistic. And then the new yeah. drugs keep coming out. That fucking rats we did last week. Yeah. Press pause. Go rewind if you haven't heard that shit yeah. about this like amazing, amazing potential cure for hormone positive Mets for breast cancer. Yeah. Which is psycho. <sighs> but I'm just glad you're doing so well because those were dark early days. Oh my God. Clearly, as they are for anyone listening, and they just can't possibly stay that dark forever. I mean, they clearly can for many people, but I mean, yeah, they haven't. So there, there is gratitude in that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I know you have it. For sure. I do. Yeah. It's just a whole big old mix of emotions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is my way of calling out my family for not getting me a unicorn cake with a mane in the oh, colors of the oh, metastatic yeah. breast cancer ribbon. That unicorn <laughs> cake. I did see that. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh, I was just thinking about you did have this headache for like, it was like, a week or over a week. Yeah, I did. Which is like very, very scary in your position or yeah. in, in anyone's position, essentially, that is dealing with breast cancer, especially metastatic cancer. And nowhere in my possibly full of cancer brain did I think <laughs> it was cancer. But as we were texting, I felt... Like, I don't often feel this way with you, but I felt very aware of, like, my responses to you because I did not want to toxic positivity you. Oh, yeah. Especially because I'm, like, someone you can talk to about this kind of stuff. But I yeah. felt <laughs> toxically positive about it. Like, I just felt like, listen, your scans are this and blah, 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 blah. And you've been re responding. So, you know, which I did say some of that stuff. But yeah. But then I also wanted to hear you. Yeah. So then whenever I would say stuff being like, that sounds so scary, I totally would feel the same way. And then I'd back it up being like, I don't want to say I totally would feel the same way because then that makes it sound like I'm saying I think it is that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I was very aware of like, if I empathize too much, it's going to seem like, oh, it sucks that this is happening to you, you know? Yeah. And then if I say, oh, it's nothing, then it seems like I'm brushing something where meanwhile, I'm the one that's like, my stuff and you know and then you come to me being like I have you know I'm like oh nothing anyway but it is interesting even amongst our tribe yeah where we sometimes don't know the right words you know it's true and it did work out it was totally fine you were right yeah but you know that's why we work so well together is because I'm the pessimist and you're the optimist. And then we switch when we need to. <laughs> and then we switch. <laughs> it's true. Um, oh, I do want to say one thing 
I kind of like told off somebody on Facebook that I really like. I don't know if I was overreacting, but sometimes it's just like you see enough of this like non-cancer people saying stuff and not actually understanding how tone deaf it can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. And usually I just like let certain things pass and I'm like, whatever, whatever, you know, like, but then I just got a little bit annoyed the other night. I love this friend of mine. She's like totally awesome, but she just like loves to talk about like how great her life is and how great these decisions she's always making in her life are, which is awesome. Having this lovely confidence on all of the things that you're doing. But in this particular case, I felt like she was sort of like using a dead cancer patient's like, whatever. Let, let me just fucking read it to you and you can tell yeah, me. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Because I'm already on your side. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I probably just could have let it pass and not commented and then not talked about it on my podcast. But I'm a Virgo. <laughs> okay. Last not. La- oh, she also has an accent that I'm going to do. Last not. No. She, okay. <laughs> last night i brought a three dollar sign she uses bottle of cabernet to share with a friend and told her how lovely it was to have an excuse to open such a beautiful wine she then told me a story of when her brother was dying of brain cancer he had a cabinet filled with bottles he was saving quote unquote for the perfect excuse to open he died six months later never getting to enjoy them he kept waiting for that magical moment and left this planet never experiencing such delicate flavors dancing on his tongue. Mm-hmm. She reminded me that time is the magic moment. Don't wait for the special occasion to have that filet mignon to open that perfect bottle of Oregon Pinot or indulge in that chocolate souffle. Do it now because being here another day and celebrating this thing called life is reason enough. Which in my normal life before cancer, I would say, oh, that's a nice thought. And it's true. And, you know, I like to have nice things and whatever, you know. But then I sort of like started thinking about it. And I was just like, you know, the fuck what, though? Like, that dude didn't drink that wine because he enjoyed collecting wine, which is something that ages with time. And that's the point of enjoying wine and going to collect it at vineyards and you're experiencing stuff and yes sharing it with people is part of the beauty right but like cancer fucking killed that guy before he had a chance to enjoy the thing that takes a long time to enjoy and the reason and I said this I commented back basically saying like the reason that dollar sign dollar sign dollar sign bottle of wine was dollar sign dollar sign dollar sign was because it had already aged. Yeah. And therefore it's expensive. Yeah. Or because it's drinkable now and it's a nice wine, in which case you don't need to age it. So you bought it to drink it. And, you, you know, this guy enjoyed collecting nice wines to have them until he could share them with people. It's just not like he's just like, I don't know. It would be very different if like you were wearing a nice jacket and then your friend told a similar story saying... You know, my friend just never wanted to wear the jacket. He didn't want to get the jacket dirty or something like jackets are meant to be worn. It's like, wear the fucking jacket. Like, get your shit dirty. Who cares? But yeah. or like my friend loved to garden, but I just brought her a bouquet of cut flowers and said, live in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Totally. It's totally the same thing where it's like, 
that's not the point. I spent a lot of money on this bouquet and I yeah. also enjoy caviar. You know, it's just like <laughs> you're just like saying this to make yourself look bougie for spending a lot of money and being the type of person that would bring over a very nice bottle of wine. Like essentially you're like humble bragging this fact and then you're using a fucking dead guy of the friend who apparently brother died like that to me is just like no dude that dude was robbed yeah it's not like he was just sitting on wine because he was hoarding it like yeah he didn't want to share and didn't think you were special enough i don't know i don't it's such a small deal but it's like when i see stuff like that like i would be fucking pissed if i died of cancer and then somebody was just humble bragging the how like they learned some lesson they didn't even fucking know me but they heard some weird story that I told about you know what I mean yeah I wasn't like as offended as I'm sounding I just said to her this is what wine collecting's about bitch (laughs) and (laughs) I did not say maybe someday I will invite you to Amy's (gasps) wine house and then you'll see what it looks like oh yeah my wine cellar is called Amy's Wine House. Oh, and I'm drinking Snoop Dogg wine right now. So maybe I shouldn't speak about what wine collecting is about because this wine that I'm drinking, I don't know why I'm showing it to you. You know, I'm drinking There's this. A, that's a single dollar sign bottle of wine right there. <laughs> this is, it was on Hella Sale. I wanted a bottle of rosé and then I saw Snoop Dogg's face on it. It's called 19 Crimes Cali Rosé. Um, it is not good. That's why it was on sale, Aww. which is also why I bought it. It is not good. But you know what? I learned from my cousin's friend who <laughs> died of ovarian cancer. <laughs> Drink it. This shit is not going to age well. <laughs> um, but I do feel weird when I do throw people under the bus that I know because like I would feel terrible if she thought it was a personal attack because clearly the overall theme of what she was saying is like, yes, enjoy life. You know, sink your teeth into that steak. I'm a vegetarian. I don't even eat steak. But, you know, like just (laughs) enjoy what life has to offer. And but I think she kind of missed the, the mark. Yeah. I mean, stop and smell the roses is a saying. That we all are familiar with. <laughs> that's that's wow. A thing. That is so beautiful. That is so. Just beautiful. came up with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Anyway. I mean. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway. But I do. I really like that girl. I wouldn't even put it past her to listen to the podcast because she's lovely and caring, and she's great so whatever but i will throw anyone under the bus about cancer (laughs) maybe she can send us a couple of nice bottles of wine oh my god that would be wonderful give them to the real cancer people huh huh friendo yeah what's your friend's brother's wine collection doing now (laughs) we'll take it we'll take it off our hands we'll take it if anyone's gonna exploit him it should be us You got that right. Just kidding. I'm sorry. That was so tasteless, as is this wine. Okay. We've got two letters. Do you want to read a letter? We have letters. Letters, letters. Letters. Will you read one of them? I will read one. Because I've just been talking and I can't hear myself anymore. You're all head up. Whew. Head up. Yes, I will. I, I will read one. Are you frozen? 
I'm pretending to be. <laughs> it was highly effective. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. All right. You're, you go. It's your letter time. <laughs> Are you drunk on that Snoop Dogg wine, Amy? No, 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 no. I'm very much not. I wish that I was. I've... I had to pour soda water into it to make it even drinkable. And it is it was in my fridge for two weeks and there was one small glass left. All right. This is from a gal named Rachel. And she says, so first, thank G, you are back from vacay as I had nothing good to listen to while biking. <laughs> mm, sorry, girl. March 7, 2020 was my two daughters, Benat Mitzvah. That is plural for bat mitzvah. It's true. That evening, it felt as if an elephant was on my chest, heavy to breathe, and I had no appetite, so I knew something was wrong, since I ate 24-7. I was told that it was just anxiety from the party. Anyway, she goes on to say, um, it's the beginning of COVID, and nobody would see her when she knew something was wrong. It turned out that I was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer, and I'm only 47 years old. Mm. I grew up with my grandmother dying of lung cancer from smoking. Mine is not from smoking. I was the epitome of health. I have what is called a ROS1 mutation. 1% of the population with lung cancer have this mutation, which meant targeted therapy. So she goes on to say she had no evidence of disease within three months of using a targeted therapy, which is amazing. So scans became fewer. Yeah. My family and I decided since we were virtually teaching and learning to go to Florida for two months. My doctor had not pushed an MRI of my brain, and I figured I would just do it when we got back from Florida. While I was riding my bike one day, I fell. I knew something was wrong, and we came home. I decided to get an MRI of the brain. Went myself, like a big girl, 45 minutes away to an MRI that was quote-unquote wide at the opening, and randomly asked, is Jen working today? Jen is who I did ballet with when I was three, who I know from Facebook, who was a radiologist. Well, Jen was fucking working. While I was waiting in the lobby post-MRI, the nurse said, can you come back here a moment? I see Jen has red fucking eyes. I think, did I interrupt her and get her into trouble? Is she getting a divorce and she just cries? And then it hit me. Hmm. She was crying because she saw my scans. And then she told me it spread to my brain. And I had three to four bullshit Mm. pen found five tumors and there was a lot of swelling around them. So now I drive 45 minutes home thinking, well, brain equals death. And once again, started the shit journey to hell. Mm. Um, So she does interject to say that she's got a blog. It's Rochelle Rochelle at WordPress. And um, she did write about how her recent scare in the ER for chest pain during that she was given somebody else's shitty scan results only to find out 30 minutes later it was the wrong patient. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So I want to read all about that. That is wild. I definitely do. I cannot believe that stuff happened. So she goes on. I'm on my second targeted therapy. And for the moment, the tumors aren't getting any bigger yet. I'm told to go back every six weeks for scans. It has spread to my brain. I did the gamma knife at Penn Hospital and my Mets are down. However, progression of tumors are now on my bones and lymph nodes. All the while, I had tried to get into a trial at Fox Chase Cancer Center, but was denied. We found out months later that when I went back to Fox Chase a second time, 
They did not update their protocols and I should have initially been accepted into the trial. So now I'm still in waiting with Fox Chase, even though the drug is made for my type of mutation. Come on. wait for the tumors to grow. What? That is such a shitty spot to be in. Why won't they say, okay, do it now? Right? I mean... It's their error. I'm so sorry. That's so awful. Go on. Go on. I know. Poor Rachel. She says, listening to your podcast where they lost the tissue or ruined what they got from the spine drilling. That was me. Uh Uh-huh. That was you. (laughs) She says, it reminded me I'm not alone as the same happened to me. Alas, here I am. I look healthy as fuck. I'm biking, cleaning, working. But inside is a shit show that nobody sees. Out of sight, out of mind. And there's a woman in the hood who is on chemo, stage four breast cancer. And the world can't do enough for her because she, quote, looks the part. Not every dying cancer patient is bald and frail. Mm-hmm. Rachel Spiegel. And we did kind of cherry pick some of the best parts of Rachel's letter. But um, that is just oh, such a roller coaster ride, Rachel. Yeah. Seriously. <sighs> um, I will say she sent us the best picture. I'm going to post it actually in our stories of her riding her bike, listening to the podcast, because last week we talked about how we want to encourage each other with fitness more. And in our Facebook group, we're going to be doing a weekly check in about yeah. trying to meet whatever our fitness goals are for hopefully, you know, combating stupid little cancer cells. Yeah. Um, but she did look the epitome of health, just riding, you know, beautiful um, nature behind her. Yeah. The open road. So we'll post that. And I'm so glad that you're still biking all around. And thanks for listening to our podcast. Yeah, hang in there. Okay. Well, I'll read the next one. This one, we also did some cutting. She told us we could cut it because it was very long and we loved it, but... We have to. It feels so special. I just want to interject yeah. for a sec. Sorry, Amy. Please. It feels so special when people send us those really long stories of theirs. Yeah. Like, I love that they trust us with their stories and these like super private moments. Totally. And really personal things that they send to us. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's an honor. So thanks everybody for trusting us with your stories. Yeah. Most of the stuff I cut out of this letter and this one is um, from somebody named Katie. Most of the stuff I cut was sort of like the play by play of diagnosis and how everything kind of came apart and how everything came apart, literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or truly, not literally, the wheel, everything fell off. came apart. Um, but I kind of got into more of the story of, I don't know, I just think some of what she wrote was interesting. Okay. Okay, I recently discovered your podcast and I'm absolutely loving it. Oh, I didn't cut that part. (laughs) I love how you ladies bring humor and love and light to such a dark topic. You make me feel welcome in the community that no one wanted to be a part of. My name is Katie and I'm from Massachusetts. When I was diagnosed, I knew that our wedding, which had moved from September 2020 to May 2021 due to the pandemic, was not going to happen as I would be smack dab in the middle of my breast cancer treatment. So I told my fiance that I did not want to wait any longer and and wanted to get married in a micro ceremony with our closest family and friends. Getting diagnosed with cancer was the kick in the pants that made me realize that I did not want to wait any longer to speak those vows to him and to be able to call him my husband. 
My stepmom, my sister, and my bridesmaids stepped up to the plate and planned my entire ceremony and dinner in five weeks. Nice. All I had to do was find a new, more simple dress for the occasion. They transformed my aunt and uncle's barn into a magical fairy tale ceremony space. (gasps) I love that. With only 16 people there to witness, I married him on December 5th, 2020. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Unfortunately, I ended up having to wear my wig in an updo as it was two and a half weeks after my first chemo. And my hair had really started falling out in big chunks just days before. My groom didn't even notice it was a wig until I told him that night. (laughs) That is crazy. The day after our wedding, my husband shaved my head and it was super emotional, but so empowering. I was taking control over this journey. In April, I had my non-nipple sparing mastectomy with immediate tissue expander reconstruction. When discussing surgery, my doctor said that if the rapid pathology on my sentinel lymph nodes that they do during your surgery comes back negative for cancer, I should be in the clear. As there is a very low chance that the full pathology a few days later would discover cancer in the nose. In the nodes. Did it sound like I said nose? <laughs> There's a really low chance for cancer. Very, in very low chance of nose cancer. <laughs> Unless you're me. I'm sure I have that. <laughs> Stuff my nose. Okay. Uh, surprise, I was part of that unlucky small percentage that the full pathology came back and I tested for trace amounts, literally like one cancer cell in each of my lymph nodes. Oh, Jesus. So this meant a second surgery three weeks later to remove the rest of my auxiliary lymph nodes and would also mean I needed radiation and to switch from Herceptin as an immunotherapy to Cadsyla which would extend my chemo schedule out another four months. Mm. It just felt like I was so close to the finish line. And then the rug got ripped out from underneath me. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I was right back in the thick of it. I called my boss. I am a CPA and was a controller for a small company at the time to let him know that I needed another surgery and I would need to extend my leave from three weeks to four weeks. Now, he had been super understanding of my circumstances since my diagnosis and gave me ample time off when I was having horrible side effects from chemo, multiple hospital stays, etc. He told me that, unfortunately, I would have to take this additional week as unpaid Mm -hmm. because it was just a lot for the company to handle. Fast forward a few weeks, I had my node dissection surgery. It went really well. I had only three of 11 total lymph nodes with micromets in them, which my doctor said was great news. I called my boss again the day before I was supposed to return to work to discuss my return to office plan. He told me this time that after careful consideration, the company wasn't doing well financially enough and they were eliminating my position. (gasps) No. Excuse my French and stuff. French. (laughs) What the fuck? But what the fuck? That's like totally what she just said, too. Way to kick a girl when she's down. I understand it from the business aspect, but it was just crappy timing. I don't understand it from the business aspect. Uh, Yeah, that's the entire problem. It's crappy timing. Fuck them. 
And I honestly wish he would have just told me prior to my surgery so I could have spent that time looking for a new job. Well, he couldn't do that because he couldn't make it so obvious about what he was doing so you couldn't sue him. Instead, I mean, it's a pandemic. People can say they don't have enough money for a position much more easily. But we know what he was really doing. Right. I'm I'm real mad. Me too. Um, But she does continue. I'm so happy to say I almost immediately found another company to work for. When my recruiter contacted me about the job, she told me to look up their website. Their mission statement on their front page of the website says, Determined to realize a future in which people with cancer live longer and better than ever before. Oh, yay! What? Chills. They are a pharmaceutical company that has multiple drugs for cancer patients that are in clinical trials currently. The company is called I interviewed without my wig and was almost immediately offered the temp to permanent position. So as rough as I have had it and as crazy as my journey has been, things are looking up. I call not wearing your wig to an interview at a cancer drug place pulling the cancer card. Yeah, that that's a good move. I, <laughs> so smart. <laughs> Kudos for that. Well one. played, Katie. Well very, played. Very well um, okay. And then this is the last part of her letter. She says, throughout the whole cancer journey so far, I have learned a lot about myself. I was always historically a bit of a pushover and always put everyone else's needs above my own. Since being diagnosed, I have learned to put myself before everyone else because no one else will truly put you first. I have learned that my tribe of support is so strong. My husband, my stepdaughter, my family, and my best friends have been there for me every step of the way. I have made new friends with fellow young cancer patients, and I've realized just how strong every one of us are. I have learned that, yes, life can be short and to live life to your fullest, including don't have wine that you don't drink. Hey, wait, (laughs) I'm just kidding. She didn't write that. She didn't write that. Live life to your fullest. But I have also learned that breast cancer does not stop me from living my life. I still go on trips to... (laughs) This is too funny the way I said that. She actually, it sounds like she just said, I still go on trips, but the sentence is, I still go on trips to Target with my family. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry. She then saves herself by following up with, I still go on vacations. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. (laughs) Woo. Um, And I still have reasons to smile every single day. A lot of friends and acquaintances have told me that I am an absolute inspiration and that they admire me. But truly, I feel like I am just doing what everyone else is doing. I am fighting tooth and nail against this burden that has been given to me. I am taking every treatment that I am advised to take on with open arms so that hopefully do not have to fight this again in the future. I am sharing all the nuances and steps of the journey with the people near and far to help minimize the number of people who think that breast cancer is the easy cancer. Anyways, she then goes on to say how our podcast has brought her joy and happiness and laughs. And thanks for what you do from Katie. Thank you, Katie. Oh, thank you, Katie. No, no. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) So we are suing her old boss. (laughs) If you'd like to yeah. donate to Katie's legal <laughs> defense fund. Well, I'm so glad, though, that she found a job that is clearly way, way better. Yeah. Better fit, better people. Yeah. And give us 
Give us some of the secret deets on some of those studies that your uh, employer is doing that maybe we could do mm-hmm. for rats. We won't tell them that you told us. Like, we want to know the stuff that hasn't been released. <laughs> we did say her first and last name. So and and where she works. <laughs> OK, Damn. Um, listen, we're going to bleep out where she works. <laughs> I'm serious. Bleep that right now because I want the goods. We'll bleep her last name. Now you know why those were bleeped. Boom. Boom. Amy and I are going to dress up like mice to get in on those studies. (laughs) Pizza, 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 pizza. Do you have a rats for us? I do. What is that? So, um, this is a a cool one because did you know that about 84,000 people in the U.S. will get diagnosed with bladder cancer in 2021? Is that a lot? I mean, 84,000 people? What's the percentage of cancer patients? Is that a... I don't know, Amy. I'm just curious, like... (laughs) I, just I have feel- no concept for numbers. I have concept for like percentages, but like, I don't know. Is that like, make it one of the 10% lowest? It's, it's one of the top cancers. Okay. That's a fucking lot. In the U.S. It's definitely one of the top cancers for people with a penis. So 84,000 mm-hmm. people in the U.S. are going to get diagnosed with bladder cancer. Wow. This year. That's a lot of people. Um, and the researchers at Yale and Stony Brook University, so now we know what the Babysitter's Club has been up to, I guess. <laughs> um, they are using this K-17 urine test to diagnose bladder cancer with only a urine dip. I mean, a part of me is like, wow. And another part of me is like, what took you so long? Right. So um, K-17, it's a cancer biomarker. Previously, uh, the way that they tested for bladder cancer was with a camera. Oh, my God. Um, it's called cytoscopy. They insert a camera up your urethra and have a looky around your bladder. But, um, you know, you've got blood in your urine. Is it a UTI? Is it mm-hmm. cancer? You got to get right in there with that cytoscope. Oh, and it happens mostly to men. Yeah. So you have to get it up your urethra. Yeah, up your penis. We're talking about peens here, folks. Yeah, sounds gnarly. Poor guy. So this is a great development in screening for bladder cancer because it's a urine sample only test. Great. The study was published in June in the American Journal of Clinical Pathology. And the test is successful in identifying... 82% of people with bladder cancer and 92% wow. of people without. Okay. So not 100%, but still really good percentages for a test. Yeah. So essentially 92% people without. So they're they're going to say you don't have it when you do have it 8% of the time that they are. Yeah. I, from what I read, basically, they're working off of people with symptoms. So okay. this is triggered by 
a reason to go in for testing, but they're hoping that it'll have greater application for just like regular screening. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's being funded commercially by a startup biotech company called KDX Diagnostics. And it's this K-17 test that hopefully doctors are going to be able to be using really soon to um, just test your urine if you have the symptoms of bladder cancer instead of doing that expensive and painful and pain in the ass or penis cytoscope Mm -hmm. shebang. We call it a (laughs) pee-pee. The technical terms, Amy. (gasps) Um, Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. That's really cool, though. So I wonder sometimes when efficacy gets a little bit higher with some of these like detection advances, will they just start fucking screening everyone or just to catch it even without symptoms finally? Or I mean, I just hate how labs and money and time and da 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 da. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it because it seems at the moment it's still got you know it's 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 a brand new brand new thing so it's probably going to be costly too costly i would say to just implement it as part of like your regular screening yearly exam okay here's a question do you know if bladder cancer usually comes with symptoms like so it's caught yeah you know like you're gonna know if something is wrong it's not like a silent blood in the urine is the main symptom that usually triggers the further investigation. So, I mean, I would imagine that they're just going to be, you know, using it for people who have that symptom. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Even that is, you know, great because good news if it's only a UTI or something, and then mm-hmm. hopefully the accuracy will go up. And if you continue to have yeah. symptoms, you know, then they can move on in the diagnostic process with those more invasive things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Cool rats. Cool, cool, cool rats. Cool rats for penises. And others. It's not just, I mean, everybody gets bladder cancer. Bladder cancer is for everyone, unfortunately. Yes, it's true. I just like to say penis <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Um. Well, we've done it again here. We sure have. Folks, thanks for listening, listeners. Yeah, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe if you mm-hmm. wouldn't mind. Yeah, and follow us on Instagram at Cancer for Breakfast and email us, cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. Yeah, we're still on the Twitter struggle bus. I don't know. I'm just not a mm-hmm. good tweeter, but yes, you are. at Cancer Breakfast. Shut up. Shut up right now. <laughs> Oh, and buy us a coffee. We'll leave a link for that and to our Patreon. Thank you all so much for donations. And I don't think we have any new $10 level donors this week. We do not. But now I'm hopeful that now we have come back from our vacation. Fall is in full swing. We will be back to our regular schedule. Yeah. People will not feel as though we're just taking their money and going on trips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we are going on trips <laughs> and taking their money, but not using their money for that. Not in conjunction. No, 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 no. But $10 level, we do shout your name out, but that's why we didn't shout any names out this week because there are no new ones, but we're not mad. We're not mad. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for Thank listening. Thank you. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. so much for listening. Thanks for listening.